0: This is a GRDC podcast. In relatively recent times, stubble retention has become an important part of many, many farming systems. Hello, this is Chris Brown. In a limited edition of podcasts, we'll look at how farmers in West Australia use and benefit from the stubble left by earlier crops. This special series of podcasts is brought to you by GRDC and the West Australian No-Tillage Farmers Association. On this podcast, we focus on the challenges of retaining stubble in a high rainfall environment. James Hegerton's farm is about 20 kilometres southeast of Coginup, which itself is about 250 kilometres southeast of Perth. James runs a mixed farming enterprise of around 75% cropping and 25% prime lamb over the rolling hills of Cojanup where just 20 years ago, livestock was the major commodity and any crops grown were mainly used to feed sheep.
1: Our average rainfall is 500 millimetres, 400 of which should fall within the growing season. However, we are seeing trends of declining, especially growing season rainfall, to probably more around that 400 mark and probably more variability around that rainfall with some years. The last wet year we had was 2016. We had 700 mils of rain, which makes it challenging, certainly.
0: Yeah. You have a controlled traffic system in place?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we went down the controlled traffic path First started setting up in 2017, and it's taken a few years. But now, to this date, everything is uh, yeah fully matched 12 meter three to one controlled traffic system, and yeah, really, really loving what that what the adoption of that system is doing for our overall farming system and, and
0: profitability. What motivated you to move there, and uh, what's been the result of that? The
1: main reason was was trying to pursue an increase in water use efficiency, so turning more rainfall or turning the same amount of rainfall into more grain. Basis of controlled traffic is having soft sponge-like soil between your wheel tracks which your machinery operate on, machines operate better on, harder road-based tracks per se. So the main reason was really just around soil structure and trying to improve our soils full stop, really, trying to get better structure, get better rooting depth, allow crops to access moisture deeper later in the season, coming back to pushing production, but then potentially having crops tanking because we've run out of plant available water later in the season. So having that access to that deeper moisture is going to ensure the safety around pushing production and, and making sure that they can finish in, in tighter seasons.
0: When you first started cropping, what did you do when it came to stubble? Did you retain it or how did you treat it?
1: A lot of burning would occur with higher stubble loads, yeah, higher production. So hence high stubble loads, a lot of burning would burning of stubbles would occur. And so, yeah, there was no retention. It was drop a match in it, clean the paddock up, and away we'd go again.
0: And that's all changed now, though?
1: Correct, yes. Yeah. So now we've completely gone away from burning. We're 100% stubble retention, minimum till with tine seeding, yeah, inter-row sowing, and basically leaving all that cover behind, mulching down, and yeah, letting the system, letting that system take over instead.
0: What sort of stubble loads uh, would you normally have? Obviously, it's a higher rainfall area and you mentioned it's a heavy stubble load, but can you put a figure on it?
1: It's completely variety and crop type dependent, obviously, but big wheat and barley crops could be pushing sort of five plus tonne of, of stubble on the ground to deal with. So residue management becomes extremely important in terms of chopping and spreading straw out the back of the harvester and cutting stubble height to deal with that. But the fair bit of science behind getting all that side of it to work, definitely.
0: So uh, just describe what you do in that regard.
1: Sure. So big trick to inter-row sowing is uh, it all starts sort of well before harvest. You have to have a clean interrow, clean of especially grass, weeds, so you've got your stubble row and then a clear path between each stubble row so that your sewing machine can slot down and getting your stubble cut height right. So we're operating on a 300 mil row spacing at sewing. We aim to cut all our stubble at a maximum height of 250 mil, if not two, more around 200 to ensure that all stubble can pass through each time row. And then getting your straw chopped The straw that passes through the header, chop and spread evenly and consistently across the 12 metre width to make sure that there's not any areas within that swath that have a very high stubble load and areas that are bare. By keeping that residue even, not only have you got your nutrient cycling, but you're keeping that mulch layer consistent. It also helps with water retention over the summer months by keeping that layer of straw on top. We've also adopted near-furrow sowing. Non-wetting and crop establishment is a large issue for our farming environment. So by able to sow on last year's stubble row or sort of directly adjacent to it, say 30 millimetres off of it using GPS and hitch steering, we're able to precisely hit that moisture pathway that this previous year's stubble creates. There's more of a wicking effect and it'll create a a pathway directly below the existing stubble that we can tap into to establish crops on. A lot less rainfall, sort of talking, we can get canola up on five mils now as opposed to 10 years ago, we'd need 20 mils to get a a crop up. And that has been, yeah, that's a pretty major step for our farming operation is that
0: near-furrow sowing. (laughs) Is it hard to get all that right?
1: No, not, not really at all. It's really just getting those few key points right. And yeah, it, it, it's all doable. Near furrow sowing is probably a little bit trickier. We sort of battle a little bit with topography on our farm with sort of rolling hills and that sort of thing. Getting the bar to sit exactly where you want it. it's not it, it's not perfect, but as an eighty-twenty 20 rule, it's doing a fantastic job. Look, getting all the... Other bits and pieces, right? No, it's not. It's, I wouldn't say it's difficult.
0: Now, you mentioned weeds a bit earlier. Do you do any harvest weed seed control?
1: We do. So we, in line with the controlled traffic system, we're running chaff decks. So our chaff fraction is placed back on our tram lines. This will be our third harvest this year with them. They're very cost-effective, a simple weed control or harvest weed seed control measure. They've been fantastic simple we haven't had any blowouts per se it's it's very difficult to actually tell that the weeds have been concentrated in our tram lines but but mainly if we're a break crop uh, like a cereal break crop rotations if we're going uh, cereal on cereal for example i think yeah you'd see the exacerbation of grass weeds in your tram lines but because we've got that canola wheat beans wheat rotation we're keeping the tram lines very clean so That's where we're at at the moment. Mill technology is the long-term goal, but yeah, sort of pretty happy sitting on the fence with what we've got implemented at the moment.
0: With such heavy stubble loads and using the controlled traffic, do you have disease problems through the growing season?
1: Yes, yep. So disease is, is a big focus for us in terms of it's a major constraint if you don't manage it. Yeah, all crops are getting very robust fungicide packages nowadays, which is then which which is being reflected in in production, but it's certainly something even within the last five years of our farming system where we've seen that we're pushing disease management quite a bit further, and it is showing in an output and abilities for crops to handle more diverse growing season conditions.
0: What diseases are most prevalent in your area and is it more difficult? to manage them than it has been in the past?
1: Good question. I think, to to the the first point, in wheat, septoria and yellow spot would would be our main foliar diseases. In barley, spot types, foliar diseases and rhizoctonia would be obviously a big root disease. And canola, sclerotinia and blackleg are, yeah, very prevalent. So managing all of those is, yeah, it's... uh, I think it probably it's it's becoming more challenging, but also by getting the rotation right is going to take a lot of pressure off by getting better break crops in there with legumes and getting that rotation set. So we've got a break crop every second year. I think we'll make life a lot easier on the disease front uh, and make the system a lot more sustainable.
0: James, earlier you described perfectly the benefits you're seeing from stubble retention and in particular the controlled traffic farming system so to say it's worthwhile would be a bit of an understatement but in terms of I suppose the the cost benefit of the extra machinery that you've employed are you seeing that come out on the positive side
1: absolutely our farm like our internal operating efficiency numbers financially have yeah each year They are improving. Our water use efficiency numbers especially is a very quick, easy metric, but we're just getting blown away each year by how much better we're getting at turning water into output. The elephant in the room there is if we get a wet season, then that metric sort of gets thrown out the window pretty quickly where water's running down the creek lines. But, yeah, we're definitely seeing... Increase in, in output and, a, and operating efficiency within our business since the adoption of these modern farming practices.
0: Apart from disease, are there any negative aspects or implications for your system?
1: Controlled traffic, one thing to watch would just be tramline renovation. Looking after your tram lines is, is something that is an operational priority. Yeah, you've got to take good care of them. Drawbacks. In terms of stubble retention, I don't say too many. It is a fine line. In terms of you get it right, it's it's very satisfying. And it, it works well. If you get it wrong, it's it can be extremely painful, especially uh, at sewing time. So I suppose there is the stress of you've got to you've got to do it right, otherwise you won't get satisfactory results. That's probably the point to stress there, but. I don't see too many drawbacks at all from from either stubble retention or controlled traffic. Both are working very well for us and we're getting results.
0: Yeah, clearly. So just to summarise, to get a good result from stubble retention, what do you think are the key elements?
1: Getting the system set up right. So making sure that you can deal with your stubble loads at sewing time. So thinking about row spacing, sowing orientation or sowing system so disc or time and then harvest residue management and having clean interrows to be able to sew back through if you can deal with those sort of five points uh yeah you'll be you'll be able to make it work definitely <laughs>
0: James Hegerton who farms near Kojanup. Now James' sheep do get to lightly graze his stubble for about six to eight weeks over summer to reduce stubble loads but he does keep a close eye on that. Keep an ear out for other podcasts in this limited series in which we talk to WA farmers and advisors about their experiences with stubble retention. My name is Chris Brown.